Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me, if you would, again this morning over to the book of Ephesians. This is one of the verses that we've used often in our series. We're still talking about revival praying. Everybody say, I'm in revival. My church is in revival. Revival is growing. It's growing stronger. And revival is spreading. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the move of revival in our church. And, uh, and so, like I said, we've been talking for several Sundays now about revival praying. I think I started this series in June. And uh, uh, there's a lot about uh, praying that is very important when you're in a time of revival. We know this, that revival comes as a result of prayer. Yes. It's come to our church as a result of prayer. Revival is, uh, revival grows deeper through prayer. Revival grows stronger through prayer. How many of you know that not all revivals are the same? There are stronger revivals and there are revivals that are not quite as strong and yet there's still revival. There's still a move of God. Amen. There are varying depths to what God does and strengths in, in, uh, uh, of different moves of God. And so revival can begin and not be, it usually doesn't start where it ends up. Amen. It grows in intensity. And so praying is key for the growth, the strengthening of revival, the deepening of the revival, and also for spreading revival. And uh, as we've mentioned so many times, just in the, in the last uh, few weeks even, all along since we started this uh, and started talking about it back in February, I'm hearing every week. Uh, people talking outside of our church, other churches, other pastors, other ministers around the world talking about revival. Revival is catching on. Glory to God. And so prayer is what sustains revival and extends revival. Amen. Now this passage in Ephesians chapter six, we're just gonna look at one verse and uh, depending on the time this morning, we might come back and get some of the other verses that precede this. But in verse number 18, Ephesians six eighteen. Paul said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. As we've pointed out, other translations say, praying always with all kinds of prayer. The King James here says, praying always with all prayer. Other translations, all kinds of prayer. There are different kinds of prayers. And the principles that, that govern the different kinds of prayers are, are different. They're different principles. The same principle uh, doesn't apply necessarily to all of the different kinds of prayer. Some, uh, some principles apply to, to several different kinds of prayer, but then there are some principles that only apply to a specific kind of prayer. Now, most Christians sort of think of prayer in a general sense that prayer is prayer. So what is prayer? Well, it's talking to God. Well, uh, how much else do you know about it? Well, it's just prayer. But the, like I said, there are different principles and different guidelines 
associated with these kinds of prayers. And if you, if you use the wrong principles, the wrong rules, if you would, to a, a particular kind of prayer, it won't work right. And the illustration we've used in the past is one of sports. There are a lot of different kinds of sports. And they're all sports. Football, basketball, baseball, uh, volleyball, horseshoes, uh, tennis. I mean, they're just, they're just, there's all these different kinds of sports. Each one of those sports have their own unique rules. Some of the rules are similar, but other times they're not. And if you attempt to play one kind of sport and use the rules of another kind of sport, you're going to be in confusion. Isn't that right? Somebody said, well, sports are sport. What are you going to play today? Let's, let's get together and, and, hey, guys, let's get together and let's play sports today. Well, okay, what kind? Well, you know, just sports. We're just going to get together and have sports. That's the way a lot of people approach, it, approach prayer. They just say, well, we're just going to get together and pray. Well, what kind of praying are you going to do? Well, you know, just praying. Well, it makes as much sense as saying, well, we're just going to have sports. No, you need to know what kind of sports. You need to know what kind of praying. Amen. So this here, this verse says, praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, when we talk about uh, some kinds of praying, like the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith is one, there are like nine different kinds of praying. The prayer of faith is one particular kind that here at Impact, we have always put a lot of emphasis on the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith is, is very important for people receiving their needs met by God. But the prayer of, of faith is a prayer you pray for yourself. The prayer of faith is prayed whenever you have something that you need God to do in your life that, you, that the word of God covers. You know his will in the matter because his will is very clearly stated along a particular line. And so you know you have a right to claim a certain thing in prayer. For instance, the subject of healing. There's no confusion or doubt at all from the scripture that it's God's will to heal you Every time, all the time, under all circumstances. It is the will of God to heal. The reason we know that is Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil and he never turned one person down who came to him for healing. Not one. Now today, when you talk about healing, people will say, well, you know, it might not be the Lord's will to heal this person. Maybe God is allowing so-and-so to go through this time of testing and, and, and uh, trying this, this terrible trial in their body and they're suffering because God's working a greater grace in their life and, and it's not the will of God to heal them at this time. Much of the church world believes that. But think about the thousands and thousands of people who came to Jesus. There are set, you can run your references in the New Testament and the Gospels and you'll notice a number of times that multitudes came to Jesus. Now, a multitude's not a crowd. Amen. A multitude is much larger than just a crowd. We don't even have close to a multitude in here this morning. 
A multitude, according to the Bible, if you, if you look the word multitude, run a reference on multitude, and look at it in all of its settings, it's always referring to thousands of people. And we know on occasions that Jesus had uh, 5,000 people and he had 10,000, seven, excuse 7,000 people in his crowds. We know that that happened. And when people came to him in those situations, the Bible says he healed them all. Amen. Several times it says that the whole city was gathered together at his door and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them all. Other times it said that people were gathered from different regions, far and wide, thousands of people, and he healed them all. Amen. Well, you know, if, if what today if what most people believe today is actually true, it seems like with, with most people's theology, it's the exception that it's God's will to heal. People are quick to say, well, you know, we can pray, but only God knows whether it's his will to heal or not. We can play, pray that God will heal so and so, but we have to leave it up to him whether he wants to. And that is sort of the default idea and you hear that, that possibility always raised. I mean, just all the time. People always want to be cautious now. We don't want to you know, just claim and just say that God's going to heal because we can't guarantee he will. You know, since that's such a prevalent idea, it's, it's, it's a, 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 an established prevalent, prevalent uh, idea that people have, you would think being that wide, if it's true and it's that widely applied and so often found, you would think that we'd find one example, just one, one little old tiny example where Jesus ever said, oh, I'm sorry, God has a bigger plan for you. It's not my will to heal you now. You have to, one time, just one time, just once. Now, people bring up the woman, you know, who, uh, the, the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman. And, and uh, he said, it's not, she came for deliverance for her daughter. And Jesus said, well, it's, he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. But remember how she responded? She responded, yes, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from under the table. And he said, for that saying, go your way, your daughter is healed. So the one example where people could point to the woman's child was delivered. There's not one, not one example. So I said all that to say this, when it comes to praying the prayer of faith for your healing, you know the will of God, it's God's will to heal. Now I understand that because of disobedience and people not living right, that sometimes their disobedience will get in the way of God's healing, but let us always remember, it's God's will that they be obedient. It's God's will that they repent, get their lives straightened out. It's not his will that they not be healed. It's his will that they get right, live right, and receive their healing. Amen? And so where the prayer of faith is concerned, you pray that prayer one time. I mean, if you're in faith, you just pray at one time. Now, I'm not saying that you never go back and pray again about the same thing. Not, I'm not saying that. Because if you're, if sometimes we pray too quickly. Are you listening to me? 
Sometimes we, we just say, oh God, you know, I need this in my life and we know it's according to the word of God and we just claim it, but it's not alive on the inside of us. There's really no faith coming out of us. We haven't spent any time feeding our spirit on the word of God concerning that particular truth. There's not enough faith. Like somebody said, if all, the, if all their brains were faith and it all went off at one time, wouldn't be enough to blow their hat off. Sometimes people are not in faith when they pray the prayer of faith. And of course, they don't get an answer because they're not in faith. It's not wrong to go back and pray that prayer again, but at some point, you gotta get into the word and get God's word alive in you, get the truth alive in you, where it's going off on the inside of you so strong that you know that you know that you know that God promised it, and all you have to do is ask it, and it's yours. When you're at that place of faith, you pray that prayer one time and you have it. You don't go back and ask God again. If I ask Pastor Greg, uh, listen, would, would, you, would you get up right now and go back into the bookstore and, and, and take a certain book off the shelf? I want to use it as an illustration. And Pastor Greg would say, sure, Dad, I'll do that. And, and he gets up and walks back, and I follow him. And about three rows back, I say, uh, Pastor Greg, would you go in there in, in the bookstore and get me that book? He'd probably look at me like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, Dad, that's what I'm doing. I'm on my way. If I follow him three more rows and say, uh, excuse me, I'm not really sure. I, I need some confirmation. Uh, I, or are you, would you please go get me that book? Uh, which, can you show me a sign <laughs> that I know you're on your way to get the? What does that tell me? What does that tell Pastor Greg? His dad's losing it. <laughs> now, if we believe God answered us, then we don't go back the next day and ask again. Amen. So when the prayer of faith, when it's actually faith involved, you pray one time and to ask God again is really insulting. And somewhere up this aisle, Greg would really get tired of that. Dad, I, I told you I would go get the book. I'm on my way. What is it? You don't believe me? Amen. It's not, it's not uh, good manners. To completely act, to continue to ask God for something that his word promises you and you've asked in faith, then you ask him and every time the thought comes up, well, I don't see any results, I don't see any answer, I don't see any movement, you thank him for it. Faith will thank God over and over and over again, but faith won't ask him again because he's already asked and he believes he's received it, amen? But now I want you to notice that the kind of praying here that is mentioned in this verse is a little different. Ephesians 6, 18, notice the last part, beginning in the middle of this verse. Being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. See, I can get my faith to work. My faith is, will work for me. The prayer of faith, again, is primarily designed for you to pray about things in your own life that you know belong to you according to God's word. You know it's his will. You, as a parent, you know it's the will of God for you to have wisdom to raise your children. I mean, that's a given. That's the will of God for every parent. 
that they would have wisdom to, to raise their children. Well, a, a, a parent can go to the Lord and say, Father, I'm asking for, for, for not deliverance, I'm asking for, <laughs> I'm asking for wisdom. I'm asking for wisdom, you know, my child is growing older, they're moving into another stage of development, and I, and I just, I need your wisdom. Well, you know, that you can ask in faith knowing that God will give you that. Isn't that right? Yeah. Well, once you pray that, you thank him for it. And throughout, the, and throughout that uh, school year or whatever it is, whenever something comes up and you seem to be challenged, you say, I thank you, Father, I prayed for wisdom, so I know on the inside of me you have an answer. You're going to guide me and direct me. I know it. I just thank you for it. So you pray that one time. But the prayer of faith isn't designed to pray for other people. Now, sometimes you can use your faith for other Christians if they are bona fide baby Christians. And they don't know how to pray for themselves. And they don't know what the word of God says uh, uh, about their situation. You can use your faith to carry a bona fide baby Christian for a while. I said bona fide because there are a lot of baby Christians that aren't bona fide babies. They're, they're, they're babies, but they shouldn't be. They've, they've been, excuse me, they've been in Christ way too long to be on the level they're still on. Isn't that right? But whenever someone's a baby Christian, you can carry them for a while, a, a bona fide baby Christian, but eventually God requires that little baby to grow up. Start, I'm talking about spiritually. Start learning what the Bible says. Start learning to use their own faith. Go to the God in prayer for themselves. Too many people are running around looking for somebody else to pray for them when God's saying, you big baby, grow up and pray for yourself. Well, hello. Amen. So if you're going to, uh, if you're going to experience God's best in your life, you're gonna to need to learn how to pray for yourself. But having said that, there will always be babies with us. And there will always be people who are babies but shouldn't be. And they seem to be, they seem to struggle along certain lines. They seem to struggle not understanding the scriptures, not knowing uh, what to do. They, they, uh, those people, God still has a remedy for them. For them to, to ultimately succeed as a Christian, they're gonna need to, to, to learn how to take hold of God's promises and pray for themselves. But how are they gonna get there? If, are we gonna say, well, you big baby, you know, you've been here long enough. You've been coming to this church three years. You've been hearing the word of God. It's time for you to walk on your own and just leave them. No, there's an answer for them. And we pray for them, not that we can't, here's what I'm saying. You can't use the prayer of faith always to, not just you, I use Quentin a lot of times because he's sitting right here on the front row. If, if Quentin was not taking his place as a child of God and wasn't growing, I cannot long-term, I would not be able to get healing for Quentin. I would not be able to get financial needs met on Quentin's behalf. I would not be able to, uh, to get answers to prayer about things in his life that the word of God covers. After he passes a, a, a period of time where he should be growing and maturing, if he's not, my faith won't get those things for him. The prayer of faith won't work. 
But there is a prayer for him that will help him grow so that he can lay hold of the promises of God for himself. This is what this verse is talking about. It says, it says being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication in the spirit. Here's what, and and I'm just about out of time, I know, but there is a prayer that requires perseverance. What is perseverance? You stick to it. The prayer of faith, you don't stick to it. You You don't persevere in the prayer of faith. You pray it, you thank God for the answer. And then you, and from then on, you're just thanking God. You're not asking for him again, for that again. You're not going over it with him. Say, no, Lord, I'm really expecting you to do something. You're thanking God, it's mine. But there are other kinds of prayers you have to persevere. And and he was talking about persevering in prayer for the saints. Well, that would be for other people. For other people, other believers. Isn't that right? Well, why do we have to persevere? Why can't we just pray one time? For instance, if, if it's Quentin and he's, you know, and he's struggling along some lines, why can't I just pray one time for Quentin? Just pray the prayer of faith. God, I'm just asking you to just enlighten Quentin and, and, and uh, cause him to grow. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Every time I see Quentin, I'm just gonna say he's a mighty man of God and, and I just confess it so. That won't work. I said that won't work because, because Quentin is not laying hold of it himself. He's not, he's not the one believing God. I'm the one attempting to believe God. He's in neutral. See what I'm saying? So there is a prayer I can pray and it's the prayer of supplication. Remember in our study, supplication is not casual praying. Now I lay me down to sleep is not supplication. God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food is not supplication. Supplication is what's referred to over in James that the, that the continual, heartfelt, fervent prayer of the righteous. Supplication is fervent, heartfelt, serious praying. Now there's a place for casual praying. I don't, I don't go into supplication when I'm giving thanks for my food. Somebody asked me to pray over the meal. I don't get down on my knees and say, oh God, I'm just coming to you on behalf of this food in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I just simply thank him for the food and, that, and that's acceptable. That's, that's what's needed. And God honors that. It's not that that praying is not effective. It is effective. But there are other situations where just praying casually about something won't be effective. When we're praying for other people, it requires perseverance. One of the reasons it requires perseverance is that there are uh, spiritual forces out in in the atmosphere around us. There are forces of darkness from using Quentin as an illustration again, there are forces of darkness attempting to keep Quentin in the dark. There there are, there are, uh, let's go back to Ephesians again. Look at the the sixth chapter. Go back up about uh, 12, verse 12. 
Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, there, the, there are strategies and stratagems, trickery, things that the devil tries to do to defeat people. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Those spiritual forces exist, and they're always endeavoring to keep Christians in the dark. They're always, this talks about being standing against the wiles of the devil. The reason uh, a lot of people struggle in their spiritual growth and they don't develop like they should is, these, is because evil spirits, these principalities and powers and so forth, are operating against that Christian to hold them in the dark, to keep them confused, to keep them bound. People are bound by all kinds of things. And just because a person gets born again doesn't mean that the devil then uh, is, is completely uh, 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 off. He's, that person is not just off limits to the devil. Because if it was, we wouldn't be wrestling against them. There would be no struggle against principalities, powers, uh, the rulers of the darkness of this world, the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenlies. There would be no wrestling. There would be no conflict if we just, when we got saved, we were completely immune to it. We're not immune to it. We're, we're, we've been delivered from it, but we have to use our faith. But what if Quentin's not using his faith? He doesn't even know about it. Quentin could be yielding to evil spirits. I'm talking about in his mind, in his thinking, in his attitudes, uh, in, in his relationships with people. He could be, uh, because of his, again, this is just using him as an illustration, because of his immaturity and his lack of growth, he has, he has unwittingly become almost a slave to the devil and the enemy's just pushing him all around. Well, the reason I have to pray for him and stay at it is because those forces stay at it. Those evil forces continue to try to harass, trick, and deceive the man. And so I have to stay with it. Amen. Well, praise God. I've introduced it and it's time to quit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come back tonight. We'll get Quentin saved tonight, filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Delivered, set free, praise God. <laughs> his mother-in-law mother said, praise the Lord, glory to God. <laughs> About time. Hallelujah. Well, thank God. Thank God prayer works. But we need to know the rules that apply to the different kinds of praying, know how to pray. One kind of praying doesn't fit everything. Amen. And so that's what, when, we, when we're talking about revival praying, in order to get, in order for God to move in a congregation the way he wants to, these kinds of prayers are necessary for one another, for people who struggle, for people who may be deceived, for people who are just weak spiritually. We can lift them up. The Bible says we are to bear one another's burdens. It's interesting over in Galatians when it says that, that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. It's like two or three verses later, it says you need to bear your own burden. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a few verses, like three or four verses. Everyone will bear his own burden. 
So we have a responsibility to bear our own burden. That's ultimately what you have to do if you're going to grow and, and move forward in God. You're going to have to take your own place. But in the meantime, we have to bear one another's burden to get them to that place where they can bear their own burden. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a light. It is a lamp. It is illuminating us, Father. We're learning how to walk in the light of your word. We're learning how to pray more effectively. We thank you for that. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord, for revival, that it is growing, that it is spreading, praise God. That it is going, revival is growing deeper in our own church. Affecting us in more profound and more deep ways in our, in our own lives, in our own spirits, Father. Causing a, a greater consecration, a greater uh, uh, a depth of fellowship with you than we've ever known before. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for providing so many different ways to pray, so many different avenues of presenting our needs and other people's needs to you, Lord, so that you can move on our behalf, on other people's behalf. We thank you for that. You haven't left us in the dark. You haven't left us without resources. You haven't left us, Father, without ability in prayer, but you've, you've given us a number of different avenues to pray and see answers. And we thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Glory to God. And we are going further. And we're going deeper than we've ever gone before. You're taking us, Father, into greater realms of prayer than we've ever known, than we've ever been in, Father. As a church, as a congregation, I thank you for it, Lord. You're not finished with us. You're just starting. Glory to God. There's so much to do. So many experiences ahead of us, Father. So much glory to be revealed. So much truth, Father, to, to see. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.